You betcha. Thank you, Kelly Robinson. And indeed, talk to me now, please, won't you? Let's uh, let's have a little chat. We are live on what has become a beautiful weekend across Texas. Happy March. Happy first weekend of uh, this uh, month. And let's talk about gardening at your place, your landscape, your garden, anything about urban horticulture. If I can help you, I'd love to have a chance to try. That's what we're here for. Uh, Jared Taylor is running the boards, and he is uh, answering the phones also. So if you call, uh, you'll be uh, first connected with Jared, and then he'll screen the call to make sure that uh, you know you're talking to a gardening talk show and not getting the UAL basketball scores. And uh, then he'll uh, put you on hold, and, and we'll have a chance to visit. I'd love that. The phone number, 888-256-1080. Call now, won't you please, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. It's not really an hour. For the Texas Lawn and Garden, do some math here, 52 minutes, 54, whatever it is, we're here to talk about plants. I love talking about uh, plants. And uh, I really enjoy springtime because it's kind of the uh, hope of all good things. You know, we, we enter the spring with all kinds of great excitement. And uh, it's a long ways until July. And that excitement kind of starts to sizzle just a little bit. And you can get a lot of great garden gardening in in the next uh, three or four months before it does turn pretty hot. And you can also plant things that will survive that heat if you're careful about it. You can get your lawn up and running and ready to go through the, the summertime and you can get your landscape rejuvenated. We really need to rejuvenate our landscapes, Texas. The uh, winters have been brutal on them. Last summer was brutal on landscapes. It's time to do a complete makeover. And you don't have to do it all at once. And you don't have to start with gigantic landscape-sized plants. You can start small, let them grow. That's what plants are all about. But we need to we need to take stock of what we have and what was devastated two years ago. And a lot of things were hurt somewhat uh, this year as well. And that Christmas cold spell. And uh, if you have questions, you need to go to a Texas Master Certified Nursery Professional or a Texas Certified Nursery Professional. Those are member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. And let those men and women help you, advise you as to what needs to be done to make things better in your landscape and garden. But that can begin with a call today to my program. I'll be glad to help you in any way I can. Or if you're just wondering about planting vegetables and what the proper time would be or how to uh, how to mulch your perennial beds or whatever it is that's why we're here the phone number once again call toll free right now let's fill up those phone lines we have four lines i'll move as quickly as i can to help you with your questions 888-256-1080 we are on the air right now all the way from amarillo to victoria and corpus christi all the way from alpine to crockett and uh, that's a wide enough diverse enough uh, coverage. I always thought it would be uh, crazy to try to do a national program because it's just too diverse. And uh, so here I have Crockett and I have Alpine. I have Corpus Christi and I have Amarillo. That's pretty diverse. But I love it. I love this program. 35 years now or so I've been doing it. And, uh, and it's always exciting to see what's on your mind. Okay, one last time. We'll take our first break and we'll get the program underway. Toll free number anywhere you can hear me and you can dial it right now because I am live on a Saturday morning 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 
like to invite you to take advantage of my special on my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. How would you like to have a reference book that you could buy and know that you could get all of your money back if you felt like you hadn't paid for that book before the first three or four months were up? That's the way it is with this book. I'll guarantee you that this book will pay for itself by the end of June, or I'll buy it back from you. And uh, it's interesting that in all the time that I've had the book, and I've made that uh, guarantee, no one has ever asked for a refund on the book. So I'm flattered by that, I'm honored by that, and I'm kind of amazed at that. But the book has a lot of information in it. It has 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. It has more than 25 multi-page charts, and it has a huge amount of text and information, plus all those photographs. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, things you have to know to get yourself started. Chapter 2 is a calendar, a 48-page calendar, four pages per month, that tell you when to plant, when to prune, when to fertilize, and when to protect each plant that you're trying to grow for each county in the state of Texas. You'll never have to ask again, Neil, when should I do this or that? It's all in that calendar. And then chapters 3 through 11 cover in great detail uh, trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. I worked more than a month on each one of those chapters, some more than others because they're longer and there's more to talk about. But nonetheless, I worked a month on each calendar, on each page. Well, let's try that a third time on each chapter. And uh, that's why I say I think you'll find this to be ultimately helpful to you. Maybe only gardening reference you need. I sign every copy as it sells. It's a hardback printed on high-quality paper printed in Texas. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. Here are the two ways you can buy it. One is by calling my office weekdays. The other is by going to my website. That's the better way. But here's the office phone number for the weekday calls. 800-752-GROW. 800 752 The better way is to order it right now online at neilsperry.com. Again, satisfaction guaranteed. Order it at n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. When people think of Mueller, they think of quality steel building think of durable metal roofing. But that name Mueller means so much more. It means you'll have a product manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers to help design the building of your dreams. It means you'll have a company in business for 90 years standing behind your warranty. And it also means you'll get tons of added value, like roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and manufacturing new products like their greenhouses and standing roofing panels. If you'd like to find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com. That's their website, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553. Or you can stop by any one of their 33 lovely locations. That's Mueller. Mueller means more. It means value and a whole lot more. MuellerInc.com. I'll be back with more after this message. 
All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And we're ready to get the program underway. Let me give that number one more time because we have an open line available. I'd love to see it sell out. 888-256-1080. I believe that's the same thing Taylor Swift said. I'd love to see it sell out. I don't think I'm quite in the same class. 888-256-1080. Let's go to Cindy in Grapeland. Cindy, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. How can I help you? i got a question. What is a good time to fertilize St. Augustine? All right. Um, you would want to fertilize it uh, three times. And the first time would come about uh, about first of April in in your area and in most of its growing area. So April one and June one, and about the first of September. I would not fertilize it during the heat of the summer, Cindy. And the reason for that is a disease called gray leaf spot. The nitrogen. I'll come back and talk to you about what kind of fertilizer you'd want to use uh, in a minute. Uh, but it will have a lot of nitrogen in it. And the nitrogen uh, kind of promotes a fungal disease called gray leaf spot that is present when it's hot. And so you kind of stay away from uh, nitrogen in the middle of the summertime on St. Augustine. This, this just mainly applies to St. Augustine, maybe to Zoysia somewhat, but especially St. Augustine. So April 1, June 1, September 1. And the fertilizer should be very high in the first number, the nitrogen. Uh, it ought to, the nitrogen, I, I'm not trying to wear you out, Cindy, I promise. Uh, the nitrogen should be uh, maybe one-third or so. This is not a hard number, but about a third of it should be slow release. And two-thirds would be fast release so that you'd see a quick green-up of the grass and then one-third of it for sustained feeding. Your uh, little nursery or hardware store or feed store can show you the fine print and explain that part to you if you're not familiar. But you want about a third of it to be slow release and two-thirds or so. It could be 40% slow release. That'd be fine. You just don't want something really cheap and all fast release. That would be bad. Okay. Thank How much you, of sir. that made any sense at all? Did, did, all, did that make it. sense, I hope? Oh, Ada, girl, you're in a pretty part of Texas. I sure like your area. Thanks for the call very much. My cousin lives Thank about you. 20 miles from her. You bet. Thanks for the call. All right. We are, this is why I like this program. We are going from deep East Texas. We go to Stephen in Amarillo. Stephen, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Yeah. How can uh, I help? My question this morning is, uh, my wife and I, we have planted a bunch of peach trees from seed just to, you know, we're planting seven years down the road, hopefully expand our orchard as they grow. Um, so they have gotten infested with spider mites, the seedlings. They're all about five, six inches tall. And I've been spraying them ahead of the infestation with a triple uh, fungicide, the insecticide, and something else aside. And the spider mites showed up anyways. What can we do about them? Um, all right. There are insecticides. Malathion is listed as controlling spider mites. It's not great, but we don't have a miticide, unfortunately. The, the kelthane that we used 10 years ago 
for no real reason was taken off the market. It just didn't sell enough and it became very expensive to register it. Uh, you have to prove so much stuff. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't know all the reasons why they didn't, uh, uh, didn't re-register it, but that was what I assumed and what I heard uh, was it just was not cost-effective to re-register. It had been around for a long, long time. I don't think there were any negatives on it. But anyway, that was a mite aside. That, that would not have killed insects very well, but it certainly did a good job on, on spider mites. So then we had to go to the next best alternative, which was insecticides that would also do a pretty fair job on, on spider mites. They're, they're an eight-legged varmint, not like insects. And uh, malathion is listed for controlling spider mites to a pretty good degree. Certainly not as good as, as the miticides. But you could use a general purpose insecticide that, that is listed for control of, of mites. And the one you have, I, I, I'm not familiar with that specific one and, and what its uh, statement of, of uh, uh, control is. But if it lists mites, then that's probably as, as good as you're going to find. One of the secrets in applying any um, product is going to be to coat the undersides of the leaves. That's where they hang out. You'll want it to run down into the crotches of the leaves. I assume this is from last year, not, uh, yeah, you said preventively. Um, so when you uh, when you spray, you've got to make sure that you coat the leaves and, and let it run down into the axles of the leaves where the, where the mites can, can hide. And it is going to be an ongoing thing, although I, I have to tell you, it's pretty unusual. I don't, I don't remember ever having a call before of spider mites on, on peaches. Were these still in pots in some kind of an enclosed setting, like a greenhouse, close together in a, uh, you know, on a patio or something? Sort of. They're in individual pots. Um, they're little grow-out pots, and they're sitting on our plant shelf inside of our kitchen or inside of our uh, dining room, what should be a dining room, but is our plant sprouting room, um, under right. grow lights and under the, the sunlight as well. Yeah, and that's that's where you'll that's where you'll see spider mites show up on plants that normally won't get them. Uh, you'd be better off probably as soon as possible when it quits freezing in Amarillo, which is sometime in June. <laughs> I watch your weather, and you are so far behind the other cities in Texas. I would love you, and we're glad you're part of Texas, but you have you have a tougher time of it. But anyway, I, to my point, as soon as the, the weather warms up enough, probably in early April or something, I'd, I'd set them out and, and let them be outdoors, and the mites will go away. They, they won't be a problem outside. You just and don't what want was to the expose plants that have been... That, what was the name of that? Malathion again? is the... Yeah, malathion is, is the insecticide I mentioned. It's an old, old insecticide. I've been in this business 50 years, and it was there waiting for me when I got here. So okay. it's, it's an old insecticide. Um, Stephen, I'm going to step out on very thin ice uh, and, and tell you something. You know that seedlings don't come true on, on peaches or any fruit crops, pretty much. Yes. You know that you won't have the very same peaches. In fact, your odds of getting good peaches from those are, are not very good. You know that, I hope. Yes. Yeah, this is just kind of an extra expansion to the orchard, just down the line for fun. I, and I sure understand that completely. The thing I want to in, encourage, and, and I'll say it once, and then I won't harp on it. I just, it costs just as much to spray 
spray a peach tree when the time comes because you have to spray for plum curculio, the worms that get in the peach, and you have to do all the pruning and the maintenance and the watering and all the other stuff it takes to grow good peaches. It takes all of that, uh, and that is all equal depending on whether you have the best variety in the world uh, for Amarillo or if a seedling that may be the worst possible uh, it's not even a variety, but just the worst possible um, seedling. And for 50 or $20, you make sure you have the best. And that, that's that's the thing I wanted to say. You may be All creating right, well then, a lot of trouble for yourself. As a parting gift, what would be your, your two best recommendations for my area peach brands? I'll tell you what I would do, and I'm not going to try to do it right here. I'll have it after the next break. I'll look it up for you. But the Texas A&M recommendation, I can get you to the – well, I'll, I'll have the exact names for you. Texas A&M has a fact sheet that takes you across the whole state of Texas. Let me get my uh, a web page open, and I can tell you how to get there in a real hurry. It's called Fruit and Nut Resources and Peaches. And the peach button is EHT-022, and it's called Peaches, Texas Fruit and Nut Production of Peaches, EHT-022. If you scroll down on it, they will somewhere on here show you a map. You're in the 1,000-hour chilling area, and there are the varieties listed. Let me go down. Uh, you've got a whole list of the varieties you want that are listed. Ranger is one. Sure Crop is one. Uh, that are in the thousand hour. Those are the two that they list as being the best for a thousand hour of chilling. And it'll explain what that whole thing is about. This is a scroll to the bottom of it. Uh, well, I'm still scrolling, but it's 15 or 20 pages of information on, on raising peaches. It's EHT 022. It's called Peaches, written by Jim Thomas, Larry Stein, and Monty Nesbitt. They're the three best fruit uh, specialist for the state of Texas with A&M. Awesome. Great to talk to you. You have a great week. Awesome. I'm glad you called. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. We have Johnny and Cameron and Don in Madisonville coming up next. And uh, two more fruit questions. Oh, I see. That's uh, lime on a garden, not uh, lime trees in a garden. I got a little mixed up there. We'll come back to them in just a moment. Let me tell you about uh, a new product that we haven't talked about here from Fertilome. And... Uh, I really am happy to have Fertilome aboard on my program this year. It's the first time I've gotten to do radio ads for Fertilome in my life, and I'm really enjoying that very, very much. If you missed getting high yield, that's a sister of the Fertilome company, high yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper pre-emergent down, it's it's not too late in the in the cooler areas of Texas, but if you have missed putting that out, you may have some weeds popping up in your yard, and it's still... It, too cold or damp for most weed killers to have any effect on those weeds. But Fertilome Weed-Free Zone is one of the few weed killers you can use this early in the year. It uses a cool weather herbicide that is effective down to 40 degrees and effective up to 85 degrees. Fertilome Weed-Free Zone safely controls more than 80 broadleafed weeds. Use it for dandelions, henbit, chickweed, and more. You'll see rapid and effective broadleaf weed control with visible results within 40, uh, 24 hours. And soon your lawn will be a weed-free zone. Gee, I wonder if that's where the name came from. No matter where you live, out west in Alpine or south down to Brown, 
Barnesville, Corpus Christi, or Victoria, east over to Longview or Crockett, or north to the Panhandle, you can find quality fertilome and high-yield products at your local independently-owned feed stores and nurseries. Ask for Fertilome Weed-Free Zone. That's at Fertilome.com. Fertilome Weed-Free Zone. I'll be back with more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much, and we're ready to go. We have an open line now if you'd like to call. It's 888, Kelly just told you this, toll-free, 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. We go to Johnny in Cameron. Johnny, this is Neil. Good uh, Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to speak to you about yes, I have a, uh, I have a uh, apple tree. And it's about 10 years okay. old, and it, the bark is splitting away from it uh, about midway on the uh, west side. And up and down the bark, it says slits, probably three, four inches that are splitting. The bark is splitting. And on the ends of the uh, limbs, I see some dead uh, wood. Uh, what could be my problem with that? Uh, and, and it's pulling away from the trunk. Uh, it's probably about uh, 18 inches midway on the All right. Uh, and the uh, the dead uh, ends of the branches are also on the west side of the tree? No, they're all over. They're all completely all over the tree. They're just some dead ends on the branch. So I just wonder if the okay. trees did that or, or what's going on. I don't know. It's a new one. So no, I would not, tree, I I would not expect... Yeah, I wouldn't expect that the freeze would do that because apples are uh, very well adapted, clear up to the Canadian border and beyond. Right, um, right. Johnny, the uh, the fact that the uh, splitting is on the west side of the trunk really makes me suspect that there's sun scald going on. Usually that will show up earlier than the 10th year. It will normally show up after the third or fourth year that a young tree is planted. Okay. Um, ap apples are not as notorious for doing that as... Uh, for example, uh, Schumard red oaks, um, uh, red maples, uh, Chinese pistachios, okay. all just are really bad about doing that. But we don't also don't have a lot of apple trees in Texas, and so that may may very well be what it is. And it could be left over from uh, three or four years ago. Anytime you have bark that splits vertically and then starts to peel away from the trunk, uh, you have to suspect that there's been some kind of uh, just uh, really bad damage done and when it's on one side like that uh, the west side especially or southwest then that tells you it's probably sun scald um well, it's, it's all i don't know i don't know what you would i don't know what you would do in the long run for that because you can't leave the trunk wrapped forever um i i would encourage you when it leaves out this spring to see if the the tip dieback isn't worse on that side because usually it follows right up the side of the tree where the the bark damage is uh, it, i may be wrong but but that's usually the case unless there's some kind of spiral in the trunk uh, or un unless the damage is so bad that it's now affecting the entire tree often when you have that kind of damage to the bark the next thing that happens is there will be decay that will set in. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you another thing, Johnny, that can happen. If you have a, a branch or a twig 
that has either broken off or has not been pruned properly. This may be what's happened. I may be wrong on the sun skull. Uh, when you have a branch or a twig that has not been pruned back fairly almost flush with the trunk, you can get decay that will set in and it will move down in the trunk and cause the bark okay. to split away. So trace that upward and see if there's a, a little stub of a, a stick or something up on the trunk. And if that's the case, that yeah. would go internal. It would be throughout the trunk, and that could be why the rest of the tree has dieback on it. It's it's one of the other well, of those you, things. I pruned a lot of them. Uh, I pruned a lot of my uh, trees, peach, and uh, all of them. Do you need to put the black stuff on the ends or not? Uh, it's not necessary on on uh, on most trees, other than oak trees, because of oak wilt. Okay. Uh, you would right. not need to do it on on apples. You would not need to do it on peaches. No, sir. Peaches, you, yeah. The main thing is you must make the cuts flush or virtually flush. If you had a quarter of an inch of the branch collar there, that would be fine. The branch collar is the is the swelling out the delta of the of the branch where it attaches to the trunk. Mm -hmm. If you if you um, if you make the cut completely flush right up against the trunk, uh, when you remove a, a branch, then you're going to make it twice as big as it has to be. If you come out just the the thickness of a saw blade or so, uh, in most cases, mm -hmm. then you'll leave you'll leave just a little bit of that branch collar, and the tree will heal much more quickly. Uh, it's easier okay. to illustrate by showing it in real life than it is to describe it on a phone call. Right, right. But, mm -hmm. but otherwise, if you if you do that kind of pruning, you would not need the pruning paint. But I would look I, I would look at question. that side of the tree and see if there's any decay that that might have set in. That and if okay. that's the case, it right. may be hard to save the tree. Uh, I, I you want to say uh, something? Go ahead. I air grafted it yesterday. I was trying to say it's a good variety. I don't even know what it is, but it's it's good. That one other question, I'm gonna let you go. I have a uh, I had a real nice uh, apricot tree growing, and it died this uh, last year. I pulled it up. Is it hard to plant another one in that area or not? Uh, th this tree was probably 15 or more feet tall. It's an older tree. How many crops? How many crops did you get from it? I didn't get any. That's what's the bad part about it. I never did get a crop. It's <laughs> yeah. a beautiful tree, but I didn't get nothing. But I don't know if I did. Yeah, have apricot a, trees a, a are beautiful. A yeah, hang on. Apricot trees are beautiful trees, but in in North Texas, we're lucky to get one crop in four years. And in Central Texas yeah. and South, South Central, you're lucky if you ever get a crop off them. The problem is that they will they will flower too soon. They hit their chilling requirement and they come into bloom. They are not intended to be grown in Texas. You're, yeah. You is need to go buy your apricots at a really good market. I'm sorry. I, when, when we talk together, I can't hear you. Okay. I'm sorry. So, is there a variety that I need to plant? Um uh, that would work better here in, 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 um, all right. And hear me, hear me, hear me clearly. I'm yes. going to give you the answer. The recommend varieties that are not recommended are Brian and Moore park. Those are the two best yeah, I, apricot I varieties, but, but they are not recommended to be planted in most of Texas because okay, they will the not produce. That was developed. There was a variety that was developed in Belton, Texas, called Tisdale. Are you familiar with that? Fine. No. Sir? No, but 
If you look at Texas, look up the Texas A&M sheet that I mentioned earlier on peaches, okay. and uh, either on that sheet or on on a very one okay. one very similar to it, you will see that apricots are not recommended. Okay. Not recommended. Well, listen, I appreciate in Texas. your time. Yeah. Got to move on. Appreciate right. your call very okay. much. Thank you, Johnny. Keep up the good work. All right. Keep Let up. me see. Let me go to Don in Madisonville. Don, this is Neil. Good morning. Neil, I use uh, fifteen five ten on my garden mainly, and uh, some others are using lime. And I just wondered what the additional benefit would be. What does lime do that the fifteen five ten I'm not doing? Uh, how? What is lime? It, uh, lime yeah, lime yeah. would be used if you have soil that is too acidic. What is the pH of your soil? Probably turn, 5. Turn. 5.5 or something. Whoa. Probably. Boy, I envy you. Yeah, turn your radio off if you can, please. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll give you a chance to get to it. There you go. Lime okay. is used to raise the pH of the soil without particularly uh, affecting anything else. It adds some calcium, uh-huh. um, but it is not to add any of the, the nutrients, the nitrogen, phosphorus, or potassium. And uh, I would have a soil test run by the A&M Soil Testing Laboratory. I would ask them, tell them what you're going to be growing in that soil. If it's for a vegetable garden, tell them that. The soil test right. form will ask that. And ask, should this soil have lime applied? If so, how much and how often? And, uh, and they'll give you that back in in the report. If it doesn't have a lot of acidity, I probably wouldn't need any lime, would it? Well, uh, that's correct. I'm still getting an echo feedback from your radio, so let okay. me pull that volume down a little bit. Yeah, if you have a soil that, like the soil that I have where I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, that has a pH of 7.8, very alkaline, and the water that we use to irrigate is higher than 8.0. Oh, my gosh. The lime is the bitter enemy. And uh-huh. with a pH of 5.5 that you have, then uh, you you could justify adding lime. Uh, plants will grow best at a pH of roughly six, and so you might add a little bit of lime. You're kind of on the borderline. Let a soil test tell you how much to add. You need to have it very precise. You don't want to add lime if you don't need to add lime, and the right, test will I'm... show you that. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I better okay, run. I appreciate yeah. your call. Yeah, thank okay. you. Thank you yeah, much, folks. Yeah. When you call through, if you you have your radio off, it would really help everybody because nobody wants to hear it twice. I'm lucky that a few people do want to hear it the first time through. Thank you. Come to Michelle in Kingsville in just a second. We have open lines now if you'd like to call. It's 888-256-1080. I know Jared does ask you to turn your radio off when you uh, go on hold. Um, I understand people want to listen, but you can hear it on while you're on hold, I believe. Uh, maybe maybe technology has revert reverted back to where you can't hear anymore. I don't know. But anyway, there we are. Let me uh, tell you right now about my book offer and invite you to uh, take a, 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 take a uh, advantage of it. It's Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. This book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. That was a conscious decision. I self-published my book because I wanted to have control over what went in the book. When you work through a publishing house, you have no control. You have no power. And I'm not a power-hungry person at all, but just I'd done four other books, and I just got tired of 
constantly being told, no, we had to cut that out because we needed to cut costs, cut costs, cost, cost, cost. And I was being told that by people who were not horticulturists. They were bean counters, and and uh, it was getting to a point where the book, a book, any other books I was going to do were going to have to be paperbacks, and they're going to gang all the color in the center of the book, and oh, yakety yak. I said, I'm not doing that. And so I self-published the book, and I also decided not to put it in bookstores and not to put it on Amazon, not because I wanted to make every last dollar and take those people out of the out of the uh, picture. I just didn't want to have to charge you what they would have to add in to do it. And so this book would probably be fifty or sixty dollars if it went all of those routes through a publishing house and distributor and bookstore or Amazon. It's thirty six ninety five. I don't even think I gave you the price earlier. A satisfaction is completely guaranteed. Just thirty six ninety five. That's a sale price. Even I've put it on sale this spring. Three hundred forty four pages. Eight hundred forty photographs. A hardback printed in Texas, 11 chapters that cover everything about outdoor gardening from fruits, flowers, and and uh, vegetables uh, to uh, lawns and landscapes. The whole works. It's all in this book. even has a 48-page calendar, four pages per month telling you when to do every task in your landscape and garden. It is all there waiting for you. And I'll guarantee your satisfaction or I'll refund every penny you spend. So you can't lose. Uh, you'll get a signed copy. I'll be signing tomorrow night and Monday, taking him to the post office on Tuesday. Happens every week. I've been doing this for a while. 77,000 copies sold to date and not one request for a refund. I think you'll like the book. Here are the two ways you can buy it since it's not in stores, not on uh, uh, Amazon. Again, just $36.95, satisfaction guaranteed. Call my office Monday through Friday, business hours, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it directly from my website right now. And that is neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Let's go back to the phones. We go to Michelle in Kingsville. Hi, Michelle. This is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How can I help you today? Okay. I, I, if you know Kingsville, you know that it's very, very hot all the time. Uh, my yard is a small, probably 40 by 60, and there's basically no shade so it is direct sun all the time i have a hard time keeping saint augustine uh alive <laughs> so i'm wondering what could i do instead of saint augustine i had thought about clover but i didn't know if that would work no that would be a nightmare you don't want that oh okay um okay. Yeah, you know, Michelle, I think the thing I would start with is identifying what is causing your St. Augustine its challenges because all of the sod farm not all, but but the biggest sod farms in Texas are in South Texas, and they're mm -hmm. all in full sun. And if okay. they can do it, Michelle can do it. What, what do they okay. have that you don't have other than a lot of experience and a 
yeah. uh, 400 acres each. So, yeah, but, okay. But but it grows in full sun. It grows better in full sun than it does in the shade. And, and uh, it's, it's likely that it's running into uh, problems with something that you can manage fairly easily. It's just knowing what those things are and stepping okay. to its rescue early. I, I'm going to tell you, I love St. Augustine. And I'm willing to say, yeah, this is one of my friends that has a lot of baggage. And so yeah. it, it needs a little TLC. We, we need to look out for things. In the spring, you need to watch out for something called gray, le uh, I'm sorry, take all root rot, which will show up early mm -hmm. in the spring, which for you all would be uh, in March and April. Mm -hmm. uh, then it then it shows up in the summer. It, it, it blesses us with gray leaf spot if we fertilize when it's really hot. Like you say, it's hot a long time. Yeah. And in the fall, you have brown patch. And so it has those three things. The good news is that one fungicide will control all three of them. And that okay. is uh, one that is called azoxystrobin. To put it in okay. English, uh, one, one company is the only company that has that yet. And, and that's uh, the Scots people with their uh, uh, disease X, EX. Okay. Disease okay. Even EX. Um, and, and so that's a, that's a good starting point if you have those problems. If you go to my website on home page, I have St. Augustine Diagnostics. I just leave it mm -hmm. archived there because I get so many questions about it. And that will identify those problems. The problem with clover is it's not going to be happy by itself. You put it out there by itself and it's not only going to get very tattered looking. It doesn't stand traffic at all. Uh, pedestrian traffic, it's going to be thinning out, dying out. It's not going to like the heat as well as the St. Augustine does. Okay. And you cannot use any weed killers in it. It, it, it would be a nightmare for you. Your, well, your, I agree. Easier lawn, your easier lawn probably would be common Bermuda grass. But mm -hmm. there are a lot of us that don't like Bermuda grass because of allergy problems. It has mold spores in it that, that drive us mm -hmm. nuts. So. No, there's no perfect grass yet. Same well, sure. probably your 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 best thing. Yeah, I, I'll bet I'll bet there's a workaround for you that, uh, that just involves treating the problems that show up. Okay, well I'll get that shot. And I need I probably need to do that anyway because I had <clears throat> added some sandy loam to because it was kind of packed. So I right. added a bunch of sandy loam to raise the. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that though, because that just adds stuff on top of the ground and makes it harder for the St. Augustine. I well, wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd get. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I would make contact with a really good Texas certified nursery professional in in Kingsville, and uh, and work with them and let them kind of guide you. And and if you happen okay. to have my book, the the chapter on turf will help a lot too. So well, I got to get one more break in, but hopefully that will help. Thank Appreciate you, your call very much. Thank you. Folks, let me tell you about Neil Sperry's eGardens. It's my free electronic newsletter. This will be the quickest version of this ad you ever hear. You sign up for it at my website, neilsperry.com. Take a look at it. I spent a lot of time getting this ready. It comes from my computer to your email, and it is free every Thursday. eGardens at neilsperry.com. Now let me turn the page and, and tell you about Mueller, your own storage. It seems like these days temporary storage facilities are on every street corner, but let's do some math.
For what you are paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own your own metal storage building in your own backyard with a Mueller Backyard Building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with bolt-together design. They're priced right. You keep your stuff at home and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors from which to choose, and that adds style to your storage space. If if you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. See all your options at MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-MUELLER. 877-268-3553. They are Mueller. They're made in America, and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. More after this message. All right, folks, I ran that one right into the wall. I am so sorry. I talked too long on my answer on the last question. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I hope uh, to join you next week at the same time. Thanks for listening. Until then. Happy gardening.